John chapter 4. We made it to chapter 4. How many chapters are in 1 John? Anyone know? Five. Good job, Jeremy. You're hired. Renew his contract. If you make me get in a bidding war with another team, I mean, another church. First John 4, 1 through 6. Before we read, would you bow your heads with me and let's pray. We praise your name. I am so full today, Lord. I'm so full. You have uh, used so many people in my life yesterday and this morning to encourage me and to build me up. And I'm full. I praise your name. Amen. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Little children, you're from God. You've overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from, from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God, they don't listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Wow. It's a little intense. I think there's some warnings in there from the word of God to us today. Again, I've said this over and over again. I'll say it again today. Remember who you are. Remember whose you are. And as a follower of Christ, as a child of God, don't just believe every spirit, but you're to test the spirits to see whether they're from God or whether they are not from God. And you have to do this because many false prophets have gone into the world. So as God's children, I think most of us in here are God's kids. We don't just believe anything and everything that we hear about God or hear about following God. We're to test the spirits. Did, did this come from God's spirit or did it not? And how do we know if it comes from God's spirit or not? How do we know if it comes from God or not? Verse 2 tells us, right? Every spirit that confesses that Jesus has come in the flesh is from God. Every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. We had our men's breakfast on Saturday, and it was so good. I would encourage you to come to the next one uh, in February, if you're a men. <laughs> but Ray Mayer, one of our men's leaders, he told us that it really isn't too hard to talk about God in our society. For the most part, people are willing to talk about God. But he said, when you mention the name of Jesus, everything changes. The name of Jesus always brings with it a reaction and a response. And here the Bible tells us that the difference between a spirit that comes from God and a spirit that is not of God, the difference is Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. It's Jesus, the name of Jesus. And he says that a spirit that does not confess Jesus, does not believe that he came in the flesh, does not believe that he is the Son of God, does not believe that he died for your sins, he says that is the spirit of the Antichrist. 
the spirit of the Antichrist, which is in the world. And that is a spirit that is very much alive in our society today. But John reminds us in verse 4, much like he has throughout this whole letter, he reminds us, he says, little children, remember who you are. Remember whose you are. You are from God and you have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Life spring, that, that is for you today. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Let's say that together. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Anyone know Mercy Me? It reminds me of a Mercy Me song called Greater. A really fun song. If you've heard that song, they repeat a line over and over again. And greater is the one living inside of me than he who is living in the world. Amen. I love that song. It's a good one. Verse 5. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Forever, whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So if you're a false, or, or so there are false prophets with the spirit of the Antichrist. And if you are such a false prophet with the spirit of Antichrist, guess what? You are definitely not of God. You are of the world. And since you are of the world, by the way, the things you say and the things you do, the things you speak, they are from the world. And guess what? The world is actually going to listen to you because it's going to make sense to the world. In fact, the world is going to love what you have to say. It's exactly what the world would want to hear. False prophets can be extremely popular in our world. I think we see this truth played out all the time. John reminds us that you are from God. So you're from God, so you listen to the word. Now, whoever isn't from God, they have no need to listen to the word, right? They will not listen, but we will listen. And by this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. As you look at the world around us, there's definitely a spirit of the world and a spirit of God. And I think they mix about as well as oil mixes with water. They do not mix. The world and the prophets of the world, they reject Christ. They reject the claims of Christ. They mock and ridicule the claims of the word of God. They do not listen to it. They do not obey it. They do not follow it. And yet those of us who are children of God, we receive Christ. We believe in Christ. We listen to the word. We obey what it says. Why? Because we are not of the world, but we are children of God, children of his spirit, the spirit of truth. And maybe you need that reminder today. Because sometimes, even though we are children of God, we can forget who we are. So allow these verses to remind you once again of who you are. Now you'll notice John uses the phrase false prophets. And this idea of false prophets is a theme that you find throughout the New Testament. Beware of false teaching. Beware of false prophets. Listen to what Jesus says in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 7. He says, beware of these false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? 
these false prophets. They're great deceivers. Did you notice what he says? That they are in sheep's clothing. So they look like sheep, meaning they look like the rest of us. And yet inwardly they are ravenous wolves, meaning they are hungry. They are ready to devour you. They are ready to tear you apart. Matthew 24, Jesus says, See to it that no one misleads you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will mislead many. Again, a great deception. And Jesus tells us that many will be misled. Many will be misled. Paul talks about these false prophets when he says in Romans 16, 18, For such men they are slaves, not of our Lord Christ, but of their own appetites. And by their smooth and flattering speech, they deceive the hearts of the unsuspecting. Peter jumps into the fray in 2 Peter. He says, But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will also be false teachers among you who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. So what John writes is just one more warning from the Bible along with what Jesus says, what Paul says, what Peter says. And John has lived long enough to see, to witness with his own eyes evil men and evil women who are among us. And so he says, Beloved, little child, son and daughter of God, do not believe every spirit. So don't just blindly believe everything you see or everything you hear. But no, you Test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. Well, how do we test the spirits? How do we test the spirits? If you remember from last week, the verse right before this passage is this huge encouragement from John. 1 John chapter 3, verse 24. Remember what he says. He says, Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us. By the Spirit whom he has given us. Now that, I don't know about you, that's an extremely comforting and encouraging verse to me. Do you have the confidence that God's spirit abides in you? Do you? Yeah. Yeah. As children, that should, that should be your answer, by the way. Yes, we have this confidence that God's spirit abides in us. The Holy Spirit lives in us. And now John is warning those who have the Holy Spirit inside of us, the spirit of truth inside of us, that we are to test the spirits. He's teaching us that there are other spirits which exist. They are not of God. They are demonic. They are evil. And they use false prophets and teachers to communicate false doctrine so that you and I might be led astray from the truth. But we have the spirit of truth within us. And with the Holy Spirit within us, we test the spirits. You'll notice that John says there's many false prophets That's not very encouraging. To me, that's kind of depressing. There's not one. There's not two. There's not three. There's not four. How many, church? There are many. And I think we've spent the last 2,000 years since the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus Christ witnessing many false prophets who speak a false good news that are full of lies, full of deception, and it all comes from a spirit that is completely contrary to to God. You see this in the history of the church. If anyone's ever taken a European history class in high school or in college, right? You remember hearing about the church. We have done quite a few things in the name of Jesus that are just flat out evil. And you don't have to look back into history to see this corruption. 
It happens all the time. Today, you'll see it in ministers and pastors, spiritual leaders who steal money, who party in drunkenness, who have to try to settle lawsuits over sexual harassment, or who try to cover up infidelity. And that's just mainline Christianity. Then, of course, you can go to the extreme side and look at many of the cults who use the language of the Bible, talk about God, even mention the name of Jesus, display a form of godliness, but just because they use some of the right phrases does not mean that they are children of God. It reminds me of what Paul warns us about in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. I think we could learn from this passage. He's extremely frustrated with the church in Corinth. He loves them, and he is frustrated at how they are behaving, how they're acting, and what they're believing. And so he writes, out of his love for them, he says, I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promised you to one husband, to Christ, so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. But I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes to you and preaches the Jesus other than the Jesus we preach, someone comes to you and you receive a different spirit from the spirit you received or a different gospel from the one you had accepted, you put up with it easily enough. Another Jesus is being proclaimed. A different spirit is being received. A different gospel is being preached and accepted. And Paul is frustrated because the church, they're taking the bait. They're getting sucked in by this deception. And they're getting sucked in without much fight. Again, he says, you put up with it easily enough. Often, I think that's exactly what American Christianity looks like. It looks a whole lot like that church in Corinth. We accept a different Jesus, a different spirit, a different gospel. But you need to know often it comes from wolves that are dressed in sheep's clothing. So let's receive God's instruction today from this passage that out of his great love for his little ones, for his sons and daughters, I think the Bible is clear. Do not believe everything. Do not accept everything. In fact, life spring, to put it another way, you need to know that there is a time for belief but there is also a time for unbelief. I want to say that again. There's a time for belief, but there's also a time for unbelief. To follow John's example, I do not believe in this spirit. There's a time when unbelief is the right thing and the only right thing, where you say, I do not believe in this. And where does that come from? It comes from the discernment that each one of us has within us that flows from the Holy Spirit who resides within us. This is not of God. I do not believe this to be true. Not believing in certain things, that's part of being a Christian. If we're going to commit to God's truth, then we're going to commit to rejecting error. When we choose to love righteousness, we're declaring we hate sin. When we pursue good, then you got to be ready to flee evil. And here scripture says, believe in God, but do not believe in every spirit. Instead, test the spirits. It reminds me of the prophet Jeremiah that Eeyore of a man back in the Old Testament. If you remember, he was always kind of down, but he had a lot of reason to be down. 
But we love one of his verses, don't we? Jeremiah 29, 11. Uh, I got a few of those uh, things uh, when I graduated, which I appreciate, and I love this verse. For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Hallelujah. But three verses before that, Jeremiah, he has to address these false prophets. He has to address the false prophets who are preaching this false good news. Listen to what he says in chapter 29, verses 8 and 9. He says, For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Do not let your prophets and your diviners who are among you deceive you. And do not listen to the dreams that they dream. For it is what? It is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not Send them, declares the Lord. Notice again, the goal of false prophets, it's deception. It's always deception. It was true in Jeremiah's day. It was true in John's day. It's true in our day. Deception, deception, deception. And the Bible's encouraging us, do not believe in their lies. But instead, he says, you can test them. Test them. And this idea of testing, if you know, it comes from... The world of metal working, just as a metal worker would test the metals to see what it's made of, to see its ingredients, to see and discover its purity and its value. We are to be spiritual metal workers, so to speak. That we would test the spirits, test the spirits, see what they're made of, test their purity, test their value, whether they're genuine or whether they are not genuine, whether they are full of truth or whether they are deception. I think it's important that we note that he says spirit. He could have just said, again, I think this is very important. He could have just said, do not believe every false prophet. I think that's maybe what I would have said. But instead, he says, do not believe every spirit. By using the word spirit, he's reminding all of us of the spiritual war that is raging on in the unseen world where the spirit of air and the spirit of truth, a spiritual battle is taking place. It is a spiritual war. That's why Pete's class is so important and I'm thrilled that so many of us are attending. But John lets us know, it's interesting the connection he makes, he lets us know that this spirit, the spirit of the Antichrist, it is now being expressed through false prophets. In the spiritual realm, we need to understand that the devil definitely uses people to fulfill his evil desires. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, Paul says, The Spirit explicitly says that in later times, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention, listen to this, to deceitful spirits and paying attention to doctrines of demons. How are doctrines of demons communicated? By human beings, by false prophets. In fact, in the very next verse, he says that these doctrines of demons are communicated by hypocritical liars. Again, full of deception. Paul describes them in further detail in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, a little bit later on in verse 13. He says, For such people are false apostles, deceitful workers, masquerading as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. Verse 15, It is not surprising then if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness. Their end will be what their actions deserve. We need to understand this. Satan's servants masquerade as servants of righteousness, a form of godliness, 
There's many of them. Many servants of Satan. Many false prophets. Just hop onto social media. Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Pick your poison. Whatever one it is. Or just walk around your community. Or walk around your church. I already read it before, but I want to read it again a little bit further this time. Second Peter chapter 2. But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. Listen to this. And many will follow. Not one, not two, not three. Many will follow their sensuality. And because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle and their destruction is not asleep. Notice the phrase, secretly bring. That caught my eye this week, church. Secretly bring. They will secretly bring in their destructive heresy. So this means these teachers, they're not going to be coming in with a pitchfork and a red suit. They will not be wearing the I serve Satan t-shirt. I think if the devil was that obvious, we would just say, no, in the name of Jesus, you have to leave. But instead, these false prophets, they secretly bring in their destructive heresies. So it's subtle. It's a subtle deception where they interweave these lies with a form of truth, interweaving this deception and lies with a version of truth. Now Paul warns the elders of the church in Ephesus in, in the book of Acts to be on alert for these false teachers. And this is a pretty powerful passage for me. It challenged me this week. He says, you need to be on guard for yourselves and also be on guard for your flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Listen to what he says. This is amazing. He says, I know after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Doesn't that just break your heart? That just breaks my heart. Savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves, men will arise, speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. And you guys bear with my honesty so well in this church. Thank you for letting me be honest with you. And I want to be honest with you this morning. I don't even like to think about this stuff, church. I really don't. I remember I was a pastor in Spokane. There was a lady. I mean, if you've ever seen a wolf, I mean, she was going for it. There, she was just causing so much division in our church. And I remember going to my boss. And I was like, what do I do? And he said, well, you need to pray that she leaves. I was like, what? Pray that she leaves. Like, I'm like the, you know, go after the one, leave the 99. Like, we got to love this lady. You know, all those types of things. He says, no, Dan, you are a shepherd. And your job is to protect the flock, to protect the sheep and to lead them to Christ. He says, right now, she is a wolf attacking the sheep. Protect the sheep. And I just knew he was right. I knew he was right. By the way, it is freezing in here. If we could get a little more heat, that would be amazing. In the name of Jesus. Thanks, Jay. Protect the sheep. And I, I knew he was right. But even though he was right, I still struggle with this because if I'm honest, there's just a huge part of me 
I didn't even want to preach this message. I, I just wanted to skip it. Have you ever wanted to skip it? Right? I mean, I don't want to think about wolves being in my community. I don't want to think about the false prophets that I'm entertaining in my life. And yet, skipping is what we're really good at in the American church. Right? <laughs> we just skip the parts we don't want to hear. I've been a pastor for over 12 years now. And in that time, it is amazing how many people I've seen just leave the service or leave church or leave our community because they did not want to hear what God had to say regarding certain areas. And that rises up within all of us from time to time. All of us. Because God, like this life is really hard sometimes. And I do not think I want to hear what you have to say about loving another person. I do not want to hear what you have to say about forgiving somebody else. God, I do not want to hear what you have to say about wolves being in sheep's clothing. I don't want to have to address it. I don't want to have to face this truth. But the power of this moment right now is we didn't skip it. And so, right now, God's amazing, powerful spirit is speaking in us and through us. And he's reminding us of who we are and whose we are. We're God's children. We're his kids. And we do what he asks us to do. We obey him. We listen to his word. Even when it's hard to listen to, we listen to it. We do what he says. We don't skip the parts that make us uncomfortable. We embrace the full message of his word. And so today, as we prepare to leave this service, as we... Leave, I just think, and I hope you have a confidence that we could be aware of this idea of false prophets, aware enough to test the spirits that are not of God. And I hope we leave here equipped even to test the spirits. I don't want anyone here to be deceived by the evil one or to be led astray by his prophets. Instead, I mean, the beauty of 1 John 4, 4, if Every one of us in this room, including me and including my heart, if we could just receive this today and allow it to change us, that little children, we are from God and we have overcome them. For he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. And church, this really is the perfect message for my heart as I leave for Ghana in two days. Ghana, it's a beautiful country. I love Ghana. But it's a place where there is most definitely a lot of deception. A lot of deception. Of course, there's deception everywhere. But you know, one of the great ways that God has used us in Ghana is by preaching the true word of God. I'll never forget the dean of students at the college that I was speaking at. He would cry the whole time that I would teach. And afterwards, he said, do you know why I'm crying? I said, no, why? He says, I'm crying because I've been praying to God to send us a true man of God to preach the true word of God. Just today, Jacob sent me a text that I read to the worship team that he had been doing some street evangelism and a lady who fiercely loves the Lord, she was just so brokenhearted about the deception and corruption in the church and she saw that maybe Lifespring was a place that might be healthy in the true word of God. And so she came to church this morning, today. 
she came to Life Spring Church in Accra, Ghana. Hallelujah. And you know, and I'm not perfect. I'm far from it. None of us really are, right? Hallelujah for God and His grace. But I love our hearts. I love the spirit of this church. I believe our intentions come, a pla- come from a place of adoption. Our intentions come from children of God, from sons and daughters of God. So we love God and we love people and we will not believe in the lies of the enemy. And anytime we go astray, by the way, you will go astray from time to time. And anytime we got, get caught up in deception, have you ever had that happen in your life? It happens. Let's be honest about that, where you're like, whoa, like I need to turn around like now in the name of Jesus and get out of here. That will happen. But every time, I, I just, I believe this church, every time we go astray or get caught up in deception, we can trust, we can have a confidence in the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, even the Spirit of truth, who will faithfully, always faithfully convict us, rattle us from the inside out, wake us up, and get us back on track. I believe that about this church. We're not perfect, but we have the perfect God who is always constantly, every minute by minute, second by second, trying to steer us back on course, getting us back in the right direction as sons and daughters of God. I believe that, church. And so as we leave this place, as four of us head on a plane and head to Ghana, as you go into your schools, go into your workplace, go into your homes, I want you to be aware I don't know if you know this or not, but Satan has a plan for you. You ever thought of that? Satan has plans. Plans to deceive you. Plans to devour you. Plans to destroy you. But this is why praise is so important. We will not be shaken. We will stand on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ. And church, listen to me. We will overcome for he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world hallelujah amen well at this time i'm going to invite the ghana team to come up and church i'm going to invite you to do the same thing the church in antioch did when they sent out paul and barnabas i'm going to ask you to pray for us to lay hands on us Pray for this team. Again, I just want you to know, these are the things we're doing. We're, uh, we're teaching uh, sex education in four different schools in four days. We are doing market evangelism, street evangelism. We are showing the Jesus film in their native tree language and doing ministry time after that. We are preaching at the main four-square church in Ghana, which we've never gotten to do before. I am so excited about this. We're also preaching at Lifespring Ghana, and we are also doing six nights in a row of revivals. So we are doing a lot. This team is going to come back tired in the name of Jesus. (laughs) And if you want to pray the whole filling up and not being tired prayer, we will receive that as well. But uh, at this time, team, if you just come down here and let people to come around you, and if you would pray for us, that would be amazing.